The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I would love to know as soon as possible before free agency. We want to know what's going to happen with Justin Fields. There's a lot of information out there right now. Chiefs cut Valdez Scantling, saves $12 million. The Patriots is making changes and doing some things, and this is an action-packed day. I am your host. I'm Brandon Marshall. You see, I tweaked it a little bit. Y'all was like, what the hell is he Yeah, doing? I was like, where are you going with this? this? I don't know. I was looking at Molly, and Molly just jumped in the first take. <laughs> she just started talking about stuff, and then she teed up the guys, right? So yeah. just, you got to test. This is Brandon Marshall, your host of Paper Route. It's Wednesday. Snitches, you know what I wanted to say. Faction Talk Channel 103, Sirius XM, U2, and all the tings. What up, Andrew? What up, BC? How are we doing? Yo, yo, yo. Good, brother. What's good? What's good? Another day. Only got one question for you. What's the question? You ready, B? (laughs) 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 I I I don't know if I if I'm if I like that or not. (laughs) I know you guys need to take the sound bite. Like BC, let's cut the let's make the sound bite just hit it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Ready, B? Ready, B? That's a pause for real. You got to say pause before you say pause. That. Okay, pause, pause, pause. I put the pause on it. <laughs> All right, guys, we got an amazing show put together today. We got more Russell Wilson mm-hmm. um, sound uh, coming out of the I Am Athlete podcast. Y'all heard of those guys? They're doing a really good job. They are. They're actually on their way back to the top, I heard. On they- the way back. Yeah, they had to take a break. Oh, they had to take a break. They had to take, they had to take a, break. a break. Yeah, they're on the sideline. It's the off season. It's the off season. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It seems like it's preseason for them. It seems like they're preseason, but they're warming up. Yep. They're off to a hot start. So later on in the show, we're going to play more Russell Wilson sound that you probably missed. Uh, and that will be on the second half of the show in about 25 to 30 minutes of more Russell Wilson. Um, more coverage coming out of the NFL and dealing with the Denver Broncos, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the Chicago Bears. Why? Because it's the NFL Combine Week. 
Okay, and this is where business is getting done. Not only guys being tested like Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels and Joe Olt and uh, Tarion R. Arnold, big cornerback out of Alabama, Drake May, but we're talking about all the agents. We're talking about general managers. Hell, even owners are in Indianapolis sitting down meeting. It's a whole thing. So let's jump into the show because we have a lot to talk about. Andrew, where do you want to go first? Before we get into the show, bro, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, this morning on First Take, they actually had a statement come up from the tennis player, Francis Tiafo. Oh, the black guy? Yes. Okay, yes. With the headband? Yes, yes. I love I like his headband. Him. I like him. <laughs> uh, basically, his statement, the short version is, tennis is the hardest sport. And I'll give you a little background on what he said. He said, the ball itself is actually very small. And the hand-eye coordination has to be very good. And there's no clock. It's not a time sport. It's just you. Um, first, I would say, uh, Brian, let's let's reach out. Let's have Lindsey reach out to him. Maybe he'll jump on paper route and we'll do a virtual interview. This, this yeah, is a great nice. conversation. Um, I would say I, I would disagree with him respectfully. I love tennis. I want my kids to play tennis, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, as a, a overbearing you know, dad living through his, ch his, his, his kids, right? I would want my kids to travel the world playing tennis. I love the game that much. But it's not the hardest game. You know, hell, you're talking about conditioning. He said, well, there's no clock. Well, boxing, I would say, is more challenging from a conditioning standpoint mm -hmm. than even tennis, right? Um, and then when you talk about the game, it's a skill. It's like golf. So that the thing is, it's probably – harder to master because you're talking about being out there by yourself and you got to work on this one particular mm -hmm. thing your forehand your backhand your serve but think about the greats of the world it's like that's kobe bryant that's the michael jordans of the world that's going in the gym putting up two thousand three thousand shots right? absolutely how bad do you want it but when you talk about the hardest man i i can't say i don't know i got soccer up there I still put the NFL up there because you got to do all the things. You talk about hand-eye coordination. You're running 22 miles per hour. Okay, the ball's being thrown another 40 miles per hour. You got to catch that or you got to track that down or you got to throw it. And then you have a 300-pound man yep. running at you and you're about to have a car crash. Like, think about... All of the shit that you have to go through your head as a football player. And I'm not saying football is the hardest. I'm not saying that because you caught me off guard here. You oh, caught me off guard. You did not let me prepare for this. So I don't have the best answer for you or the right answer for you. I got you. But can you think think about that? You Think about this. You're running across the field 21 miles per hour. Yep. Okay? You have to put your foot in the ground and go the other way. The ball's coming 40 miles per hour. So you got to track that. But you got Ray Lewis or mm -hmm. Ed Reed coming down another 20 miles per hour yep. to take your head off. You got to catch the ball, and you also got to absorb this hit or make a move. How do you do it? I was going to say, you also have to factor in when you're on that field, you're paying attention to what you're doing, but there's 20-plus other guys. So, like, you always had the chance of running into each other. You always had the chance. How and many I, other guys? 20-plus. What's the number? I don't know the exact number. Oh. 
offense and defense. Let's see. Hold on. <laughs> All right, hold on. Can I take a wild guess? No, 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 no. You're, you oh, had your chance. Come on. B- BC. BC. Here comes Google. Guys? Don't Google it. I'm going to tell you. 22. <laughs> okay. 22. That man said 20 plus. Just give me the number. 21. It was, should've, he should have just said 21. <laughs> 21 others. <laughs> 21 others. <laughs> <laughs> hey, BC, are you reaching back in your... Uh, yeah, Pop Warner today. Right. Yeah, so, Pop Warner knowledge, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm at 21. Experience. <laughs> y'all, hey, y'all this, boys know I ain't moment. never been on the field like that. We And don't, and don't go on there. We good. You yeah, good yeah, right yeah, where yeah, you yeah. at. Stay right there on the sideline. Well, hey, a couple weeks ago, for you guys <laughs> that's uh, joining us for maybe the first time, we're on SiriusXM and it's a diverse audience. We reach so many people, right? And um, some of you guys, you know, may be fans that rock with us week after week. But miss this story. But Andrew, <laughs> we have Andrew who's a producer. I mean, this dude studied film and how to shoot visual shit from an audio podcast. Yes. Like, he's that. It's about 10 different. years ago. <laughs> and then you got BC. BC comes from um, the, the music industry and he's done several things. And then also, BC was one of the first guys, never got it off the ground, but one of the first guys that saw the opportunity in podcasting, and he took it to some of his homies, and they didn't see the vision. And BC, Facts. see, if you could do it all over again, you, mm-hmm. you would have did it differently, huh? You would have started that shit, I would have huh? started that shit right there on my own. Oh, you don't want to do it? Okay, right. sit right there. Another part of BC's story, which is fascinating and interesting, is that he actually played the game, right? This is I Am Athlete. Mm. We have athlete contributors. But we also respect our producers' opinions on sports, right? Like, that's what makes this show and our platform dynamic. And so BC is a guy that comes from the music space. So when you hear him talking about, you know, the industry and the cultural moments, you know, that's just natural for him, a Brooklyn guy. But he also played football. He played football. And, and and it extended as far as what? You made it. How far, BC? Pop Warner. <laughs> How old were you? What was Pop the last Warner. year? What was the last year? <laughs> the last year was like 12 or something. He was 12. <laughs> so go, let's, let's, let's rewind. Let's go back two weeks ago. <laughs> We're having this high level so conversation. Early, this is in the early 90s. <laughs> early 90s. It might have been 89. <laughs> It might have been the 89-90 Pop year, Warner what year, what year was it when you were 12, Hey, Brent, it was the 89-90 Pop Warner oh, season. Oh, shit. Yeah, we talking early 90s for sure. <laughs> Real early. Yeah, it's probably 91, 92, 91. BC, see if you can do the math real quick. But for, so we're having this high-level conversation about, oh, my goodness, football, this, that, wow, 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 NFL talk. And Andrew turns to BC and says, from your experience, because <laughs> you play football, <laughs> and BC is looking at his ass BC like, reached back 33 years from your real car. <laughs> I'm like, what? BC. Yo, my, shit don't, my shit don't count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can like, still yo, feel those drills. Your experience, you still. How, how, how was the experience with those drills? Like, what? BC, <laughs> like, I had eight jobs since then. BC. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I ain't smelled a football field in 30 years. BC represents everybody out there on Sirius XM that's listening. That's who BC, who, who, who he represents. Now, yes, there may be, and there probably are, some professional football players that's 
listening to SiriusXM on a daily basis, tapping in. But the majority, and when I say the majority, I mean the majority, the majority, we're talking about 98 to 99% of the listeners on SiriusXM are people like BC. And your voice matters. And that's who BC represents, is the people. He's the voice of the people. Because sometimes people, the voice of the people. Sometimes our pro athletes just get up here and we're institutionalized. We get up here and we don't say the things that we want to say. You know, we want to be brand safe. We want to protect the space and protect the shield. And I push back. And I push back and I say, F that. F that. And that's why they say Brandon Marshall this. He's going on another rant. He's malcontent. I'm fucking for the first time. I'm 24 years old learning these words. What does this mean, malcontent? (laughs) What is this? He's going on a rant. What is a rant? I'm just speaking the truth. And we (laughs) want the the truth and nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. (laughs) People be looking at me. But it works, though. See, that's what I'm saying. That's why you got to know who you are and stick to it. Because they called me crazy back then, and they still kind of call me crazy a little bit today. But they called me crazy back then. But now, look, there's this watershedding moment in media. Watershedding moment in media where now people are given the space to be themselves, that speak their truths. Right? And I'm just doing what I've always done. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it works. Like more people are like, oh, this is what you gotta do. Yeah. Well, y'all called me crazy in 2012 and 2013. And now we are monetizing the crazy. <laughs> exactly. We are monetizing the <laughs> crazy. Sometimes you gotta lean. What you gotta you gotta lean, lean in. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey. Before we go forward, guys, I do want to throw in my two cents, even though I know inflation going to make sure it don't matter. Um, <laughs> my two cents real quick. I have to say this, man. Combat sports. You brought up boxing. Yep. I'm going to bring up uh, MMA. Of course, so many things fall under MMA. But it's got to be hard to concentrate when someone's trying to punch you dead ass in your face. Yes. So you know what I mean? Like I don't. I wonder exactly I how Tiafo so. meant the difficulty like is it a skill set thing is it just coordination is it physical like like my legs are killing like what i want to maybe it's the skill set thing because not that i can see where he's coming from as far as the toughest it's not the toughest or the roughest sport but maybe with the hot the conditioning the hand-eye coordination like you got to place the ball you got to stay within these lines you got to hit that ball and it's coming at you 90 something miles an hour 100 miles an hour they're smacking it so you got to keep up with that you got to have ultimate reflexes i mean it's it, no it you is, don't have to have ultimate would, would you, would, let me go ahead let me let him finish go of ahead of course sorry. you do because when you when you're hitting the ball and you're having a rally back and forth and they're just smashing it on you you got to be able to react and catch it you know what i mean What's, and run across so I see how he could say, I don't know if it's, it's not, what do you say, the toughest, the hardest sport? The most difficult? The most difficult? Uh, i tell you right now, it is. It's all the same. I don't know if it's the most difficult, but it does require a lot of skill and. Hardest uh, sport, hardest sport. The hardest sport. Yeah, I don't know, but it does require a lot, though. I, I think a lot of people just see tennis as like a rich sport that they just, ah, oh, just smacking it back and forth. It does take a lot of, uh, a lot of skill for that. How close would you guys say it is to baseball? Because if you just heard BC, if you just cat on the show and you heard him describe everything he just described, yeah. hand, eye, speed, all that, right? That's almost baseball. I, I don't know. I'm not. That's. I'm not. 
not belittling anything. I'm, I'm just not, saying. I'm not trying like, to belittle it, but I'm not. Com- I wish like I'm comparing. I would say it's harder to, than yeah. baseball. You would say it's harder than baseball. Yeah. Gotcha. I think it, it's probably harder to master than baseball. But if you take down just the hand-eye coordination, like when do you need it the most? So now mm-hmm. you're looking at batting. Now batting is is hard, right? There's so many. You're talking about batting 200, 300 is you're an all-star, I believe. Yeah. Right. So that means, mm-hmm. you know, 30 percent of the time, if you're successful, you are successful. Right. So like it, it, it may be harder uh, when it comes to that part of the game in baseball. But um the reason why I say that I don't think it's difficult and I'll push back on him is because, you know, a lot of us start playing in the sports. Like a lot of these pro athletes start playing when they're six, seven, eight years old. Hell, some, you know, some of our athletes, they have a tennis racket or a football in their in their hand at two. Right. Yeah. And so if you're six and every day seven and I was doing this with my kids. All right, let's get some hits in. Like you're building that skill, it's muscle memory. So that's all it is. It's all about consistency. So if, as long as you're consistent in getting your reps, like I don't think it's that hard, right? Like, and it's the same thing as a quarterback. It's the same thing as catching the ball and then these other skills that you need in other sports or even shooting the ball. But now you have all these other outside factors, right? This person hitting you, you know, elements. Right. Like it's just so many other things that you got to do while mastering your skill. But Mm -hmm. I respect him and I would love for him to continue on his journey and hopefully become the face of men's tennis. Um, But 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 mm, I can't agree with him here. It's a great conversation, though. One hundred percent. Can we we got to Let's let's try to book him. What's his? Let's let's go to his Instagram right now. Let me DM him. Um, Let's let's DM right here from my my account. Let's see. Guys, we're on it. Uh, Before we go forward, um, well, as we go forward, I I have two questions I want to pose to you, and I'm going to tell you who's got that on their mind. Will you keep the number one pick in the draft? Mm. Will you trade Justin Fields? I was a (laughs) – So, basically, what I want to say is that is the questions roaming around in Ryan Poles, a.k.a. Bears GM, head right now. Those are two tough questions he has to deal with. Um, But when he was taking uh, questions – during a podium um, meeting at the scouting combine, uh, polls, sorry, polls had an answer here that he gave at the scouting combine, and then we're gonna also slice the video with a response from Matt Eberflus. All right, let's do it. What is your, what is your, if you decide to draft a quarterback, what is your motivation to trade Justin before free agency starts, knowing that there might be a free agent? Yeah, again, it just depends on what opportunities pop up. Um, I will say this, um, I think you guys know me uh, well enough now. I do, if we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, No one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information, we'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. I look at situations. You know, I look at the guys that can operate third down, two minute, um, in, in the end of the game situations. That, that to me is what's se- that's a separator um, for me. Um, and then you look at toughness. You know, you got to look in toughness for a quarterback really is, is about the mental toughness to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball. Um, and then also have the discernment to be able to move out of the pocket and create when it's necessary. So clearly Eberflus is looking for a QB that's great in late game situations. But what's your thoughts on this, B? Uh, 
Well, it starts with the sophistication around the offense. It starts with the offensive coordinator, like this guy, the head coach slash offensive coordinator, right? Obviously, you know, this is his system. So it starts there. We can't – it's hard for us to consistently overcome coaching. So I understand what he's saying. That's extremely important. But doesn't it start with you, coach? Because the last I recall, you know, Justin Fields is going out, went out there and said, you're doing too much. He had to make that mm-hmm. a, a public statement. You're doing too much, which means the offense is not good. Your system is not working. You haven't figured out how to coach me. You haven't put me in position. And isn't that the job of the head coach? To see who I have and how to get all the talent out of them. So a Justin Fields or hell, a Caleb Williams is not going to be able to reach that level and give you the type of production that you want if your offense don't make sense. Now, I will have to admit, I don't know this coach. I don't know his offense. I don't even know where he comes from. All I'm looking at is production. So he may have gone out there and, you know, this was an honest answer. You know, some people are saying it was taken out of context, whatever. But we are here now and we're having a, we're having a discussion. It always starts with the coach. There's a lot of amazing quarterbacks, wide receivers out there, running backs out there that we don't even know that we don't even know that that they're amazing because their coaches suck. And I'm not saying yeah. that he sucks. But what I am saying is that it starts with him. So if you want production in the fourth quarter at a high level consistently, then make sure you're doing your job. If you're saying it starts with him, right? <clears throat> How much does this matter? I would say 90% of his career he's been a defensive coach. Mhm. Does that matter at all to why we see what Justin Fields was He should going even through? be better. He, he should be even, even be better. Like that the, mean, the, the guys, the, he should he should he should he should even be better. And the reason why I say that every single offseason, what I did is I spent time with my defensive coordinator and the defensive backs coaches. Mm-hmm. And I would go to him before and I would say, Look, this is like say we're in camp. I would say, Hey, can you take some side notes on me, all my tendencies, tell me what I'm doing wrong, and show me also where the opportunities are. I would sit down with them. Why? Because their job is to slow me down and stop me. So his job is to make sure that he's working well with his offensive coordinator on what offense they're throwing out there. Maximize. He can sit back and say, well, shit, if I was a defensive coordinator, this is how I would stop Justin Fields. This is what I would do. So pass the information along and make sure that you have solutions for some of these challenges. So, no, I, I always leaned on my defensive coordinators or, or even defensive players on how I can make my game better or what our offense is doing um, that we shouldn't be doing. That's a smart move, and I agree with that. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but there's a viral video that's going around with Justin Fields actually like intensely celebrating in his kitchen. Uh, Antonio uh, Brown moment. You remember when Antonio Brown was ready to get out of uh, the Raiders? <laughs> Remind us. Okay. No, we'll move, <laughs> move on. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to get your thoughts on that because, you know, obviously he's center of attention along with Caleb and, and the Chicago Bears. So he posts this video celebrating in his kitchen yesterday. What's your thoughts on that? Do we have it? Uh, um, no, we don't have it right now. I, I, I did not see it, Ken. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I heard about it. I mean, that's that. Listen, here, here's the situation. Um, we saw this with Antonio Brown, right? The question is, like, will a team, will a team go to a player and say, "Hey, this is what we're going to do." And the answer is yes. It's not every situation, not all the time, but you heard the general manager speak, um, or the president speak. Is it president or general manager? Right. G GM. GM. Yeah. You heard him speak, and he said, we want to do right by him. You know, we don't want him to be in the gray for too long. So they're obviously doing things in a professional manner in the right way. So – I can see the Chicago Bears reaching out to him and saying, look, we've made our decision. We're going to trade you and take a quarterback in the first round. And that reaction was a beautiful reaction because if you're him, wouldn't you be happy to finally be moving on to someone who wants you, who values you and care about you? He spent the last year, and I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's all the team, right? Like, Because there's some things that he has to work on on his game, right, that he can control. But for the last year, all you hear about is what are they going to do with the number one pick? Caleb Williams that, this, Caleb Williams that. So show me the show, show it to me. Let me see it. And we're you. in studio, so you guys aren't going to be able to hear this or see it, but I just want to see this. No, they can hear it. But what, 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 all I see is him in his kitchen celebrating. Is it, you said his agent was there with him? Uh, no, it was just a video he posted yesterday. Um, no, it was manager. I'm going to read it to you. It says, manager of Justin Fields posted this on IG. So his manager posted it. Okay. Mario Nunez. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, this is probably what he wanted. You know, it sucks that you have to move on because Chicago is a phenomenal, it's a beautiful sports market. And there's so much, like, that can come with winning in Chicago on the Chicago Bears. But if they don't want you, man, life could be tough. Yeah, I saw it in his eyes when I sat down with him when we were in Chicago doing the, the tour. And I was like, yeah, he doesn't seem happy. You know, who wants mm -hmm. to go through that? So it looks like the Atlanta Falcons. Let's name some of their superstars on the Atlanta Falcons. Can you pull them up? Who are some of the guys that's on this roster? It feels like this could potentially happen today. By the time we drop this clip, Justin Fields could potentially already be on Olympic Park Drive, heading to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then hanging out with the guys that he started following just two weeks ago. Bijan Robinson. Drake London. Drake London. Who else? Uh, we got Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Well, you're. I'm trying to look at stats to make sure. I don't care know. about stats. Name <laughs> Tyler Alger Al Algier. Doesn't matter. We'll move on. We'll move on. But about time, you know, uh, the end of the day is near. This guy, Justin Fields, could be traded, and it can potentially, if it don't happen today the likelihood of it happening by the end of the week is extremely high. So I'm happy for him. And it actually makes sense. 
It makes sense. The Chicago Bears have almost $80 million in cap space. That's fourth in the NFL. So their option is to pay Justin Fields, a guy that they're not certain of, or go draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick, which means there's still this amazing energy and optimism around a Caleb Williams, a guy that made comments that we'll get to later saying that I want to be immortal. I want to go down as one of the best. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. It's about being one of the best. And then you're paying him less, which means you can invest more in the guys around you. Absolutely. And then you take the assets that you have, that you acquired from Justin Fields and built around them even more. Could we be seeing a team, the next Houston Texans, go from last to best in a year? We could potentially see it. Now, I have to say this because you got to keep it real. I think for most of the season, I said, keep Justin Fields. Keep Justin Fields. What are we doing? What are we doing? I stand corrected. Mm. It makes sense for both sides, though. And this mm. is no knock on Justin Fields. I want to be clear here. It's not that I'm saying I, I think Caleb is better or this is a better situation for the Chicago Bears. No, I'm just saying, like, look, he can go to a team like Atlanta and be successful and make the Chicago Bears hate that they traded him. And Caleb Williams can come in and be successful. That does sound like a good plan. It's a win-win. I think this and is a win-win. The only thing would be Caleb, right? Because Caleb stated he didn't want to go to the Bears. But before we go any further, I want to mention about six teams here. Well, five, because you already mentioned the Falcons. And I want you to tell me whether or not they become playoff teams with Justin Fields. You said the Falcons. Okay. What about the Steelers? With Justin Fields. Correct. Well, they're already a playoff team, and the quarterback play in uh, Pittsburgh is shaky. Um, I, I think that Justin Fields <laughs> and the Pittsburgh Steelers are a playoff team. All right. This will be a big come up. Patriots. No. Okay. No, they have been McAdoo <laughs> as their offensive coordinator. The reason why it took me long to answer the first one is because I don't know who these offensive coordinators are. Now, yeah. I think uh, – who, who did the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers just hire as their offensive coordinator? Because they made a change. They had Matt Canada. Matt Canada, that didn't go well. Okay. And then they bring in – Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, who was the head coach of Atlanta Falcons. Before, before he was the head coach of Atlanta Falcons, he had a lot of success or some success in Tennessee. Okay, so you think about that. Why was he successful in Tennessee? He had who? The best running back in football. Some are saying now that B. John Robinson is the best what? Running back in football already. So can he recreate the magic that he had in Tennessee with King Henry? So I understand this. And with Justin Fields and Arthur Smith together in Atlanta, they're a playoff team. They're pushing they're pushing, but you got to get everything out of B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson a week ago said, I want to eclipse 2,000 yards. Ooh, I like that talk. Mm -hmm. But then when you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, no, no, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Arthur Smith is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was just about to But no, you yeah. don't have the running back, so I got to flip everything I just said. You don't like Najee? Ah, he ain't B. John Robinson. He ain't, he ain't King I Henry, you. but I, I do think he, at times, he's a beast. 
So no, I, I think they're a playoff team, yes. But then who's the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons? Excuse me. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. Zach Robinson. Can you give me a little? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> who's that? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not on you. I'm just like, who's Zach Robinson? Yeah, Where let's look up Zach from? real quick. Let's see. look up Zach. Let's look All up right. Zach because I need to know who this Zach is. Where does he come from? Ooh. Any background on Zach? I have no background on him. I would have to do a little bit further research. He didn't come up in my uh, my, my coach's search. Let me just go to Google. Can we just go to Google and say Zach Robinson? Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. It says Robinson comes to Atlanta after spending five seasons, 2019-23 to 23, with the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. Where, where he served a variety of roles, including okay. quarterbacks, passing game coordinator, assistant quarterbacks coach, and assistant wide receivers coach. Okay. And Raheem Morrison comes from where? He came by way of the same team, the Rams. So this makes sense for me. They're a playoff team, and they can be really successful. Now, I got to see this guy call plays on Sundays. That's a totally different ball game than throughout the week where you're scheming up stuff, you're drawing up stuff. But when you're in that moment, when the game's on the line, what are you going to do? How are you going to show up, Mr. Offensive Coordinator? But this makes sense because you got to understand the history of these coaches and where they come from and how were they successful when they were successful. So when the Rams – Went to the Super Bowl, won their won the Super or when they went to the Super Bowl, what was cooking? Their running game. And then all of a sudden they get away from their running game. And then last year they had a couple, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they brought in two or three running backs that still got it done, but they all were averaging 4.5, 4.3, five yards a carry. They got back to it. And then they obviously they had Matthew Stafford. Right. Yep. So I say that because now you bring in Justin Fields, who's dynamic himself on the ground. I think he eclipsed a thousand yards <laughs> uh, two years ago. What was his what was his stats? And then you got Bijan Robinson and then Oof. you got Drake London. Then you got Kyle Pitts. I like this. Don't mess it up, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Kyle Robinson. Zach. Zach Robinson. Zach Robinson. Don't mess it up. Zach Robinson. Zach Robinson. That is crazy. Justin Fields. Kyle Pitts, Dijon Robinson, Drake London. Don't mess it up. Y'all could find yourselves in the playoffs. Y'all could find yourself having a lot of success. Because one of the things that we got to look at is the landscape and the path to the dance, the road to the dance. Some people's roads is a little clearer than others. This is a weak division. Do we really believe in the Carolina Panthers? Do we really believe in... I mean, it's a question. He played, he balled out. Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah. What's happening there? Do we believe in the New Orleans Saints? Do we? Ugh. Do we? Huh? I don't know. Talk to me. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't look like a good year for Derek. Um, Alvin, I mean, he had an okay year, but yeah. <clears throat> All right, next team, Commanders. I like the Commanders. Commanders, I believe, is the number one team in the NFL, maybe, with the most cap space. And that's $90 million. They lose sweat to the Chicago Bears right before the trade deadline last year. Uh, but I like the commanders. Um, you know, Dan Quinn. Can Dan Quinn, the second time around, get it right? He was with the Atlanta Falcons, got him all the way to the Super Bowl, and blew it 28-3. to 
still hasn't recovered from that. Hmm. Manny Hayes still hasn't recovered from that. Kyle Shanahan still haven't recovered from that. Can he get it done? As a defensive coordinator, he revamped, revamped not only the Cowboys' defense, but this whole entire operation. That's why the Cowboys been extremely successful over the last couple of years. It starts with him. So can they get it done? I would say um, if I have to pick, I would say, look, I like it, but I would say no. And here's why I would say no. Okay. Well, let me say why I can say yes. I can say yes because there's never in 19 years in this division, there's never been a back-to-back winner. Not the, the Giants haven't done it. The Eagles haven't done it. The Cowboys haven't done it. The Commanders haven't done it. So it's a wide-open division, right? Can they make the right decision? Can they get the right pieces in? They got a lot of resources. Can they get it done? So that's why you can say yes. But from a football standpoint, right, name me, name me a couple superstars outside of uh, our Terry, our, our receiver. On the commanders? Yeah. yeah don't I even waste. I couldn't, I couldn't even. Right. Name so, we'll, you know what I mean? So, they got a lot of work to do, but they, they can definitely lot. get it done. You know what I didn't know? And I, and I looked it up just now. Because yesterday or two days ago when we brought up the cap space, it was $90 million. I didn't realize it could shift so much. Right now it says 82 Oh, well, I mean, that this might be, you know, you can't re- believe everything. You, yeah. You know, I, was, I, didn't, I didn't know <laughs> it would shift $8 million. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> All right. Well, Raiders. Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders will be. I like I like Antonio Pierce and his mindset. Um, I don't like this fit for him. You know, I think that Devontae Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Raiders. Somebody got to be in. Ooh. That could be a sick division next year. I'm going to say they don't make the playoffs. Okay. I'm going to say they don't make the playoffs. They're still building. I don't say that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what the what the Broncos do at the quarterback position. You know, they, they got this defense that got back into gear second half mm-hmm. of the season. They were top five defense last year. This is the, the Denver Broncos that we're talking about. They then started off the year, the first half of the year, as the worst defense in the National Football League, but then turned it around, found their magic, found their mojo, okay? And they start dominating again, only giving up 13, 14, 15 points, okay? So now you got Jerry Judy, what's happening there. You got Cortland Sutton, who they're bringing back. You know, they got an offseason to to revamp. Is Peyton, Coach Peyton, who he say he is? Right, and then you go make a decision at the quarterback position. They could potentially be interesting. The Chargers, Jim Harbaugh, Justin Herbert, and this coaching staff that he's putting together yeah. with all the, the with the talent that they already have and the resources that this owner is ready to throw uh, at this situation. That could be interesting, right? Like this is the Chargers, and Outside then the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, come on, Chiefs. So. Well, guys, I, I do want to have a little bit of fun. Um, a little bit of fun? The whole show is fun. Let's have a lot of bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, this is one of my favorite artists, uh, Fat Joe. Fat Joe, he said recently that he's not a fan of Donald Trump, but he's a big fan of the shoes. You know those new tr- Trump shoes, right? That's right. 
So I didn't even know they had a name, but it's called Never Surrender. That's the name of the kicks, Never Surrender. But recently on social media, there's been an uproar. <laughs> I know, <laughs> Never Surrender. But recently there's been an uproar on social media because Joe, uh, you know, appears to be supporting the president. But he responded by saying that he, Trump does not have his vote, but he needs that shoe. So should Fat Joe or anyone else have to defend themselves if they want the new Trump shoes? Again, we got to understand the history. Like, for me, I'm not buying Trump shoes, and I don't even think they're cool. Yeah, they're ugly. Right? But for Fat Joe, it makes sense. And why does it make sense for Fat Joe, uh, BC? Because Fat Joe... He's a collector. There you go. And to him, it's all about collecting the the newest, unreachable shoe. You can't get these. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He has a closet, probably a crib full of just shoes sneakers like he has that's what he does that's what he's known for he's a collector i get it for that part of it if just the collection part of it but i'm not rocking with it i got love for joe but i'm not rocking with that because you are covertly pump you know pumping yeah you're supporting trump's agenda which is that's why he did the sneakers because he mm-hmm. wants to reach the hood and he thinks he thinks that's all we about is sneakers. Oh, I'm gonna put out a fresh sneaker, they're gonna vote for me. And the sneaker's not even fresh, by the way. Terrible. Horrible. <laughs> these look like boxing shoes. Like these is these <laughs> You know what's crazy they though? Do look crazy. Like boxing like, these shoes. are the air surrections. It looked like the, the January sixth. It, it, it looked like a it looked like a shoe. <laughs> January sixth. The January sixth is the air surrections. Like, nah, I'm I'm so good on these right here. But for Joe. Not that he gets a pass, but I get why, you know, I get where he's coming from. He It's not political to him. He's just like collecting sneakers. If you can't get them, if they exclusive, rare joints, he's he's getting his hands on them. So mm. for that, you know, yeah, but no. I vote for BC. I don't, there's nothing that I can really add to this is like, you know, one, uh, you know, Dope campaign. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give respect when respect is 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 earned, right? So whoever's behind Trump's, you know, marketing campaign, mm-hmm. genius, great, right? He, he, they're, they're they're just disruptive. It's different, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Uh, two, I don't like the shoe. The shoe is horrible. You just said that, BC. <laughs> Disgusting. All right? Yeah, terrible. Um, and 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 and, and I just. You know, again, I just go back to one. It's like it's like genius to me. You know, I don't know how much money was made, but it's probably more about the impressions and the conversation. And it was yeah. they, they they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. That's it. And and, and then like what you said around um, Fat Joe, look, he's a sneakerhead. You know, five years from now, ten years from now, we we might not be laughing at him. What, how much yeah, is it going to be worth yeah, then? He might you got some joints yeah. that's worth 10, 15, 20,000 right now. How right. much would these be worth? Man? Right. So for that and and for that part of it, I can, you know what I mean? I feel them. Like I ain't going to yeah, I feel them for that part of it as a collector. Down the road these joints might be worth something to him or to somebody. You know what I mean? And he has them. But uh, nah, that like he's 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 uh promoting the agenda that they doing that all niggas care about is sneakers, you know what I mean, and, and, yeah. and, 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 and shit like that. So for him to get on being so influential, yeah, it's a little bit of a problem. But again, as a collector, I, I, I know where he's coming from. 
what's more cringe these shoes or when biden said um i believe it was like you're not from the black community if you don't vote for me it's all it's, it's a, all the it, same grift it, man it's all the same grift <laughs> they, they all grifting they're all pandering it's all the same. Ain't no one better than the other. Yeah. Well, maybe. But we're not, that's a different conversation, right? If we just sticking on the shoes, though, yeah, like, these are ugly. I don't even know why you would even <laughs> want to collect these. These are ugly. I don't even know why you would even want these in your closet next to all those exclusive Air Jordans and this, that, that he got. Like, Joe got all exclusive colorways, shit you're not going to find. Yeah, I don't even know why you would even want these next to that, but you know, it's for the me. It's just the, bro. For me, it's just the impression that these is cool and that like, you know, he's not saying go out and vote for anybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. He just wants to get his hand on on an exclusive pair of sneakers. So my 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 final question on this, because I'm sure we'll probably never touch on this pair of shoes again. But let's say you take the T off. It's not associated with Trump. It's terrible. Let's no. say Fat Joe comes out with it. It doesn't matter. Is there a fit that you would put with this? Hell no, bro. All white. Uh, it yeah, you know. Matter. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. What? Halloween costume. A wrestling <laughs> outfit. I put on a wrestling outfit or some boxing trunks yeah, with the with yeah, the. Yeah, with yeah, the yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, this yeah, what, this what that looks like. Like somebody would have came out with these with the uh, with the. Uh, the flares on the side of the boxing trunks. You know how Floyd always come dressed up. Yeah, that's what that looks like that goes for that don't look like anything you want to see on the street um i see you on the street with these i don't know i might well, these look like the shoes r kelly wore in the world's greatest video <laughs> <laughs> boxing video man that gold leather uh, that should probably crack so easy hell yeah hell yeah uh, who oh, actually you these? i wanted to talk to you guys about this and, and hopefully you saw it but like while we on the topic of shoes uh, and we got some more shoes conversation coming up. Oh, hold on, let, let, I, I just hit up uh, J, uh, Jay's Lopez, who if you if you're f familiar with like um, his brand is um, Urban Necessities out in Vegas, and he was one of the first to do it. Let's see if we can get him um, to call in. Is there a link? Yeah, let's get him to talk about this sneaker culture. But we can we'll we'll move on. And then we'll come back to this if I can get him on. But he's one of the true legends, and he started this space, and I think it'll be a dope cultural conversation around sneakers. Work. All right? Mm -hmm. Work. So, But we'll move forward. All right. I just wanted to touch on this last thing real quick. Um, I think it was hilarious just because of knowing him my whole life. But did you guys see that DJ Khaled video where he didn't want to crush his Jordans? Man, listen, that was the wildest <laughs> Let me just say, you know, I got a lot of, you know, friends in the space, but whatever. But that was like some dumb, that was just dumb. Like, come on, man. You got these people carrying you to go over here. You could have just walked over there and slid them on later on. The sneakers is made to walk. You put them on. You still walked on stage with them. So Correct. The, the, the show of having, yeah, nah, like that was crazy. That was crazy. And nah, shout I, out to I those security was... dudes that actually did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, you actually lift this man up and carry him over to the stage. Like, wildness. But, I mean, that's Khaled, yeah, man. That's it's already, on, it's yeah. on brand for Khaled, though. It's on brand for Khaled. No, 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 for sure. But, nah. Yeah, I don't know. I would have I probably had to call out that day. But, <laughs> BC, I got uh, to bring this up, man. What's up? Our quarterback of the New York 
Giants. Talk to me. Daniel Jones, man. So Daniel Jones, he's continuing his re- rehab after a torn ACL last season. And we have a video here of the Giants GM, Joe Shane, arguably being Jones' biggest supporter at this point. And uh, basically, this is what he had to say. Um, pleasure to talk to you. This might be a little friendly fire. Um, I know every time someone talks about Daniel Jones, they talk about the Minnesota game. But I can bring up 20 other games when he wasn't very good at all, like uh, the Dallas game when it was 40 to nothing, uh, the Philadelphia divisional game when he was god-awful. What do you see in this guy? I don't get it, especially he's got two neck injuries, ACL, had concussions. How can you move on with this guy? Thank you, Charlie. Thanks for the call, yeah, Charlie. No, I appreciate the question. Uh, yeah, what I see is I see a young man that has all the physical tools and athleticism to play the quarterback. Uh, in the NFL, I think there's some circumstances that were out of his control, and but some of that's on me in terms of bringing talent in on the offensive line or depth when injuries occur, where he can have some success. And and listen, D- Daniel's played um, played well in some important games. And again, we we have faith in Daniel. And again, when he gets back healthy, the expectation is he'll be the starter, and we're going to continue to try to surround him with the best supporting cast that we can, so he can have success. I win. Lies. Sorry, I'm um, sorry, B. I meant to ask you a question there. What's your reaction to this video? <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm, I'm, I totally disagree with you. Yeah, and I'm surprised that you don't love this as a New York Giant fan. Like this is what you want. I love Joe Shane. Joe Shane gets it. These are the type of guys that guys like myself would love playing for. You keep it real. You keep it 100. And sometimes it may not be the popular opinion or answer. But that is the reality. Let's talk pure football, okay? okay? Quarterback. What does a quarterback need to be successful? You need an offensive line, right? I was, okay, I was going to say. Talk okay. to me about the offensive line. So these are the circumstances that mm-hmm. now he's, he's finally talking about, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, it's easy for us to go out there and talk about Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, he's this, he's that, and, 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 and really um, lean into his low moments, which everybody has low moments. The, all the greats mm-hmm. are all the superstars that's active right now. But, bro, last I heard, he had one of the worst offensive linemen since he's been with the New York Giants. Name me, name me, when's the last time a New York Giant uh, wide receiver made it to the Pro Bowl? Or even been got some votes? Well, Victor Cruz? I'll wait. And then you got Saquon Barkley who had a huge year, not last year, but the year before, 13, 1,400 yards, right? But hasn't he been in and out of the lineup? Brian Dayball's in his second year, his second year. Do you know who the head coaches was before and the offensive coordinators were before? So when and, – and it's not all him, and I love this. This is why I like him, mm. right? This general manager, he said – some some of those circumstances, them tough circumstances that he's been in, starts with me doing my basically saying doing my job, making sure he has the resources needed, the talent around him needed to go be successful. But it's also the own it's owners too. Did they really make the right decision? With what's the coach's name that was there before? Oh my goodness, Sherman. What's his name? Not Sherman. Um, what's his name? Uh. I'll tell you right we now. got time. We're on radio. Sirius XM Fashion Talk, Channel 103. 
BC in the booth, Andrew out west, sitting here. We have Alex. We have a super creative in the room, Alex. Welcome to Paper Route, buddy. We're sitting here live. All you have to do is Google, <laughs> Googling the New York Giants head coaches uh, and go look at the one before. <laughs> it was that Ben McAdoo. Who? Judge. Joe Judge. Joe Judge. Yeah, and Joe who was Judge. the guy before Joe Judge? Think the guy about before this. was Shermer. Shermer. Pat uh, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh, and then before that, guess who? It was Ben McAdoo. I just said yeah, that. your boy Ben. <laughs> Think about that. Everybody out there, crushing Danny Dimes. Listen, we can do that as players. Look, we're not perfect, and sometimes we suck. Sometimes we have bad mm -hmm. games. Sometimes we have bad years. We can't have a bad year. I told my nephew that yesterday. He called me, poor Armani, going wide receiver, University of Central Florida. Uncle Brandon, I just need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. What's wrong, nephew? What's wrong? Man, I just had a bad day, man. And, and, and I just kept slipping on all my routes. I said, that's what it's supposed to feel like. I said, practice is supposed to be hard mm -hmm. so the games can be easy. If you got, if you're out there and your practice is perfect, yeah. then I mean you're not challenging yourself. What are we working on? And I said, I said, listen, you can have a bad, you can have a bad game. You can't have a bad season. No. Because <laughs> then no. if you have a bad season, that's going to lead to a bad career. But I'm saying all that to say is like, oh, my goodness, Danny, Dimes, yes. Yes, there's been some low moments. Some. But come on. He says some. <laughs> Bruh, but come on, though. What do you want him to do? He's not uh, Joe Burrow. He's not Tom Brady. Where they can come in and they can they, – they can, they can, they can uh, uh, overcome some of the weak, uh, a lot of these weaknesses that these teams have, or lack of talent, or lack of sophistication, lack of resources. But we're asking a, a guy like Danny Downs, who certainly has the talent, to overcome uh, terrible, some of the worst offensive line play over the last five years. You're asking him to overcome uh, not having, you know, there's no Odell Beckham Jr. there, there's no Plexico Burrs there. There's no Victor Cruz there. That's what you want. And then you got a running back that's superstar. But sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not. And then we're talking about coaching, the most important part. Pat Shermer? Like, now I'm getting into my uh, soldier boy. Pat Shermer? And then you had uh, Joe Judge? Joe Judge! was a special teams coach. A special teams coach. Nobody on nobody's radar. Mm. What are we doing? <laughs> Joe Judge, his ass was uh, uh, almost one and done. What he, he lasted a, uh, a year and a half. Yeah. 522 days. <laughs> what are we doing? You wanted a special teams coach. You could have got went and got uh, Dave's uh, out in Kansas City. The Kansas City special teams coach, you go get Joe Judge. What? Come on, man. He had his defensive backs practicing in boxing gloves. <laughs> yeah, if I was a defensive back, I would have, yeah, I would say, okay, coach, yeah, put the boxing gloves on. Boom. Yeah, 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 I'll do it. And I'll pop his ass with a jab. Knock his ass out. Pop his ass with a jab. I'm a grown-ass man hey. making $5 million, $10 million. You ask me to get your ass out of here, Joe Judge. <laughs> What the hell? ABC, man. I would have popped his ass. I would have gave his ass a, a, a three-piece, not a two-piece. I would have gave his <laughs> ass a, a left, right, 
uppercut. And a, bi- and a biscuit. <laughs> and a biscuit on and the a side. Biscuit. <laughs> so I'm saying all that to say this, BC. Yeah. I know you're a New York Giants fan. What you saying? I know you from Brooklyn. I am. But give Danny Dimes a little bit of break. I'm not saying y'all keep the quarterback, but let's have a balanced conversation here. Can't ask this quarterback to go out there and, 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 and be the guy. When you ain't got the guys around you. I mean, I will say I've seen flashes from Danny Dimes where he he looks, you know, more than uh, serviceable. Um, but it's not consistent. It's either he Get gets him. hurt or the line does let him down and he's just always on his back. Pause. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I Let's give him this year. If he can stay healthy and stay on the field, I, I would like to see what he does. He already has the bag, so we ain't, we really don't have a choice uh, unless they're gonna trade him. So let's see what he does. But I mean, if if he goes out there and stinks it up this year, that's it. Like I'm done with the Danny Dimes, you know, trying to save him and make excuses and and all of that stuff. Like I'm done with that this year. If he can't if he can't stay on the field and get it done, it's a wrap for you, Danny. Danny boy. You see. Talk to me. I have to say this, bro, because you give no one on Dallas Cowboys a chance. Mm-mm. And I'm looking at the, repro- the, the production mm-hmm. of his entire career mm-hmm. in New York. I don't even think he needs this last year. Outside of the fact that we have him under contract, right? like, I'm ready to move on. I mean, He's been with us that's for fine. six seasons going into it. I year. am, too. If there's a better option and there's a way to we move off his money. Contract. Yeah, exactly. If there's a way Russell to move Wilson. off his money, then I would be cool with that. I would be cool with even giving Russell a chance. I want, yeah. But we still yeah. would need a better offensive line, even that's for right. Russ. Thank you. You know what I mean? Agreed, like, agreed. Even for us. So that's what I'm saying. And we that's all, all I want, BC. That's mm-hmm. all I want. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we shouldn't hold him accountable. I'm not saying that, oh, he's the man. He is the future. What I'm saying is, let's be honest, his lack of productivity or wins is, is, is it just doesn't stop at him. No. You got to look at the ownership, going to go get Pat Shermer and a Joe Judge. What are we doing? <laughs> and then management going out there not getting – Y'all did a great job by getting Brian Dayball. But can I get Brian Dayball some wide receivers? Can we get Stephon Diggs there? Can yeah. I get uh, Russell Wilson there? I would like that. Y'all want to get this organization back on track. We're talking about big blue royalty in the NFL. That's right. Mm-hmm. Royalty. That's right. Can we go get Russell Wilson? And we can we go trade for Stephon Diggs? Can we potentially pry away a T. Higgins? Can we potentially get Mike mm. Evans? Mm. Can we potentially go in the draft and get a, a, a top-flight wide receiver? No, maybe we go in the draft and we get some offensive some, linemen. Yeah, yeah, go in the draft and get some linemen. Yeah, we need But, I mean, do you, do you take an old lineman? Just, do you take an a offensive lineman that high in the, in the draft when you ha- clearly need a receiver or two? Yeah, but because there's – like, I think uh, – it's harder wherever you can get the best offensive lineman, you get the best offensive lineman, because it's hard to find offensive linemen. It's easier to find a wide receiver that can produce right away than an offensive lineman. Okay. So when you see him, go get him. Where if whether he's in free agency or he's in a draft, okay. wide receivers nowadays you can get wide receivers. Hell, I'm sure there's some wide receivers in high school that can come in and get busy. <laughs> in the, NFL. the shit that I'm seeing out of South Florida right now with Gold Feet Global. And all these receivers that he's touching, 
it's unbelievable. Like, I, man, a couple of years ago, I went out there and learned things from middle school wide receivers. It's really? just nasty at the wide receiver position right now, even the cornerback position. Mm. These dudes is getting busy, man. Imagine the game That's in 10 up. years, That's man. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let, let's jump over to Philly real quick, guys. It's not a lot of good news coming out of Philly for Nick Sirianni. Uh, according to the Philly Inquirer, there's veteran Eagles players saying that Sirianni would play favorites. And if you were a second-tier player, then Sirianni would actually target you. An Eagles player said, I will say it doesn't help when they treat guys two different ways. I guess some guys can't do anything wrong. B, what's going on here? Uh, when there's... Um, leaks in a building. Mm-hmm. Let me put this the right way. Howie Roseman, probably the best in the business or one of the top, top two, top three in the business when it comes to leading and building out teams and Willing and Dylan made probably the biggest mistake of his career by not firing coach Nick Sariani. Now I understand why he didn't because they were just in the Super Bowl. But sometimes you gotta you just gotta go with your gut and you just gotta pull the trigger. Bill Belichick was on the market, the open market. I don't know if y'all even had a conversation with him. But all of this rhetoric, all of this stuff that's coming out of the locker room, out of the building, uh, the sources, no-name sources, Mm -hmm. is the quickest way to be the worst. 
So you guys went from being the best in the division and having this amazing window to compete and contend year after year after year to now y'all probably going to finish last in the division. And not saying a lot with the Giants and their situation and the commanders with new ownership, new coaches, new everything. That's saying a lot. You had Bill Belichick right there. You knew all this stuff was coming out. And you decided to go with Coach Nick Sariani. BC, you said it again. BC. BC, let's do it again. I got to see you, BC. I can't see you on my screen. You ready? Let's do it. Right. I tried to tell you. I tried oh, yes. to call me out. Yes. Hold me really accountable. Is. Hold me accountable. Tell you, I said, man, you gotta go. Oh, you always just want to get rid of the quarterback, BC. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was written all over. It was just written all over them. It was just written. Have you your can moment, see it. BC. They lost it. You can tell they was just deflated. The season as the season went on, they started off hot. It was just a drop. You don't just lose one or two. One or two, it was the games they were losing. Mm. It was nasty. It's like, bro, y'all just came from the Super Bowl to this? Yeah, you got to get them out of there. I need to start listening to you more, BC. You might have to. Just a little bit. I just thought, like, man, y'all could, listen, y'all were just there. Y'all were just in AZ. Don't matter. Had the game. Mm -hmm. Super Bowl 53. I'm thinking, like, all right, let's let's rally. Everybody come together. Mm -mm. Uh, Drank uh, the Kool-Aid. Yeah, I'm thinking they bringing the Kool-Aid. I'm thinking they bringing the Kool-Aid to the Kumbaya. Mm-mm. Hey, hey, Jalen. Hey, Howie. Hey, AJ Brown. Let's all sit down. Let, let, let's get this thing back on track. We Here's the game plan. But we're talking about going into the new league year, and we're still talking about last year. Leaks. I should have listened to BC. Yeah. BC said it. I'm like, how can you do it, BC? What do you mean? They were just in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so? <laughs> so BC get them out of crew. there. See, they on the BC can't trust them. They on the can't trust them list. So you might want to you might want to heed my words when it comes to McCarthy and the boys. But <laughs> I can't you know, do that. We'll one. Go, we'll I can't do that. One. <laughs> twelve and five, twelve and five, twelve and five, twelve and five times three. That's what he did the last three years. They didn't even. BC. They don't even have a Super Bowl appearance. Out of here, Sirianni the Cowboys does. alone. Sirianni got a Super Bowl appearance. They don't even have a Super Bowl. Appearance. I, I trust. Yeah. So I I don't know, B. Where that list going, B? Where that list going? Oh, how, how, how far into the season do you think he makes, uh, uh, like, how many games do you think Sirianni will make throughout the whole season? Six. Six. That's, that was BC's original <laughs> prediction? Yeah, was six. six. Oh, really? Six. Six I think games. he gave McCarthy four six games. To, no, no, no. I gave McCarthy eight. Eight? Cause, oh, okay. Because it's okay. the Cowboys and Jerry's going to, you know, he's going he's gonna to drag his feet on that, but. Yeah, they should go ahead and just give him the gong right now. Mm-hmm. Sirianni, shut it down. Belichick's still floating around out there. Vrabel's still floating around. Yeah, Vrabel's still out there. You know, make the move. Make the move. Hey, BC, I want to I push the conversation forward while we got you talking, while mm-hmm. you're in the booth and your mic is hot. Ooh. We talked about this yesterday, and um, I just went to TMZ.com, and the headline is Kanye West and Bianca's I don't even know how to say her last name. Not the best reader in the world. But I am a better reader than Andrew. 
(laughs) (laughs) Greeted with F word in Paris. But the F word was what? Mob chants. F Adidas. F Adidas. Kanye West and his wife are getting full... Wow, throated support. Whoa, yeah, in <laughs> hey. their Whoa. fight against Adidas, they played on they they played on his little situation in Italy. That that was that was clever. Okay, so can you? Uh, <laughs> oh, when they were on the boat, yeah, when they was on the boat and all that, and yeah, so they 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 was playing on that. That was clever. Oh, that's dope. See, I didn't know. See, you were witty. Um, but BC, we got into this debate yesterday, and you were really strong with this. It's like, look, Kanye doesn't need Adidas. And, you know, yesterday, I think it was Kanye dropping a video saying, you know, when are y'all going to support me when big corporation is taking my ideas and they're taking my creativity and monetizing it, cutting me out, da, 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 da. And so he called for people to support him. And here we are in Paris, Paris Fashion Week. He's has a mob of people around him saying F Adidas. Gathering the BC, troops. will Adidas return as a leader in culture when it comes to what they were doing, right? Because like now, you know, you got a lot of brands leaning into culture heavy, whether it's Pharrell and Louis Vuitton, you have Lon Vaughn and Future, and then there's so many other people in the culture that's contributing. So Adidas was had that spot for a minute, like even over Nike from a culture standpoint, everybody Mm -hmm. wanted to rock Adidas again, Mm -hmm. right? Not just the Yeezys. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, they got the the them foam posits, I think, or something. That, yeah, but no, Adidas. Me personally, Adidas was never super hot like that after the shell toes. But um, no, I don't think that they. <laughs> Damn, uh, after the shell toes. <laughs> <laughs> I love the shell toes. Eighties, bro. For real, the shell toes. That was it. My Adidas, exactly. After that, I don't know. But um, no, I don't think that uh, without. Kanye, um, he made them relevant. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Like, he made them relevant again. So, for them to act like they can do this without him, okay. If you can do this without me, then go make your own shoe. Stop biting my shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the thing. Is like, if y'all could do it, go ahead and do it. But you're not gonna have the full support of the culture. And this is what I'm talking about with Kanye. Like, you can do this without Adidas. You could do this without Nike. Like, he has the support of the culture. He has his diehard followers. Anything he drops, they're going to go buy it. He can he can do this. He just needs to go find the factories and the manufacturers and do all that. You have the designs. You you, you have the, 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 uh, the people. So just make it happen, man. I don't – Adidas, man, out of here with that. Checks over stripes. That's what I like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Facts. And, 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 and listen, I know we got more to the show here. And guys, I'm like bouncing around a little bit on the net, looking at stuff in the studio on the television. And I'm finding some interesting things. Uh, this is interesting for me. But I think it's, uh, and I'll get to why this is interesting and impactful uh, and cool. Uh, Gerard Mayo, um, new head coach, surprising hire for the New England Patriots. They mm-hmm. could have gone so many different directions and they chose this hire from within. But not from within, just from coaching standpoint. This is a guy that won a Super Bowl as a linebacker there, captain there. And he's been on that side. And so they hire him. And um, there's been a lot of talk coming out from Mayo and even the um, 
the director of scouting, Elliot Wolf, where it's like counterculture to what the Patriots always been and the success that they've had, right? Like the Patriot way, which is more hard. It's more, you know, stiff in the building. It's all business, no fun type of vibe. And so there's things that they're saying, and a lot of people are like, well, they're taking a shot at Bill Belichick. They're taking a shot at Bill Belichick. So at the NFL Combine, they obviously spoke, and they'll be speaking all week, you know, all of these organizations and players, and that's one of the things that they had to answer. And they're like, no, like, it's just going to feel different, but we're not taking a shot at him, right? Like, we're going into more open, chill vibe. And the reason why this is cool for me is because we've seen this. I just got on Joe Judge, Joe Judge going to the Giants. Maybe Joe Judge could have been good, right, if he were, if he was Joe Judge and that, oh, I'm going to be the next second, I'm going to be the second coming of Bill Belichick. If you look at all of these coaches that have left, the Patriots got these opportunities, Josh McDaniels, uh, guys like that, they go and they try to be tough and rugged and they get their ass fired after two years, mm-hmm. right? And so for Mayo uh, to do it this way shows that he gets it and he could potentially be the first. Now, he has this, not the mm-hmm. first, but it could be one of those ones that's from that Bill Belichick tree that actually gets it right and have success. They have the work cut out for him, who's going to be their quarterback, right? They still need some players. Um, but I like his mindset so far. So I'm really excited about Mayo because it seems like he's going counterculture to everybody else off of the Bill Belichick, New England Patriot coaching tree. Got you, got you. Yeah, no, um, definitely agree with that. But I, I just got some breaking news I wanted to get your opinion on. Caitlin so I'm glad Clark? we're here. Caitlin Clark? Is that is that the breaking news? No, it's actually not. I thought something points else to was break breaking. Pete Mary, Maravich's D1 record. Did she really do it? We got at, Women's History Month coming from. up. She passed Kelsey Plum, Maddie, Jackie Styles, Caitlin Clark is on her way. Well, she didn't pass Kelsey no, no, Plum. No. She didn't pass Maddie, but she's on her way. She needs what? Just a, a 60 more points to do it? 900 points this season. Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark. Yo, Caitlin. Women's History beast. Month coming up. We would she's love to sit down with you. Yeah, she's, she's a problem. She's a problem. Yeah. Will she mm-hmm. go down BC as the best to ever do it in the WNBA? I'm putting it on her right now. Oof. That's a lot. That's that's a, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to call right now. Too soon. Too soon to call. Is it? Yeah. She hasn't even set foot in the WNBA yet. Well, she the thing she's doing in college. I mean, I she's mean, gonna definitely show up and show out in the WNBA, but I just, I, I got to see it first. Let's see how, let's see how she acclimates, how her game translates. Let's, let's, let's see that first, but she let's, will, she will be a problem. Well, okay. So let's, uh, let, let's, 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 let's do this. I'm just like, we're, we're just handling business on the airwaves. Mm-hmm. Can we get uh uh swoops in? Let's get swoops in. Cheryl swoops. Oh yeah. Legend. And to talk Damn. about this and let's discuss. She's a friend. Um, she got on me last year about some things. Let's get her on the show, Lindsay, Brian. All right. You can take my phone. Cheryl Swoops. Let's hit her up. DM her, message her. I probably have her in my contacts. She's pro- definitely in my contacts. Come on the show and let's talk about it. But we're talking about Caitlin mm-hmm. Clark. 51 points past Pete Maravich. 
right? One of the best yep. point and guards, right? Point guards. He yeah. played point guard. Pete was yeah. right. Yep. So can she be the best to ever do it in the WNBA? It's a big, big, big feat, big, big discussion. But you have Diana Taurasi. You got Tamika Catchings, right? Lisa Leslie, Cynthia Cooper, Maya Moore. Maya Moore only did it for seven years, and then she went off and started doing some things in the judicial system and, you know, the prison system, prison reform. And our buddy, Swoops, Miss Swoops, she's one of the best to ever do it. Sitting right around six or seven, Lauren Jackson, Sue Bird. Candace Parker, where will where will she land amongst this list in a oh, W? She will be in that. All those names, she will be in that mix, though. They mm. will mention her name in that mix. She's that good, BC. Yeah, yeah. What's good about her? Can you like you you I you're mean, a basketball fan? Like, what do you love about her? I mean, game I'm not gonna say and say that I watch a lot of women's college basketball and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. um, from what I have seen, it's just her feel for the game. Obviously, she can shoot it from anywhere. And I think me and who was just looking at that the other day where, I mean, this is why she can probably be in an NBA three-point contest because she Correct. she has the range. She right. has the range. Correct. So, and and uh-huh, I just ahead. want to throw this out there. Candace Parker is actually the first woman in the WNBA to win three different championships with three different teams. Dope, she's so the- imagine in 20, 30 years, she already legend status. You know what I mean? But, B, before we – kick it to our Russell interview I did want to get your opinion on this we have some breaking news that Zach Wilson will actually be op- uh will be open to trades because he's been granted the permission by the Jets and we want to get your take on this uh my first take is not breaking news it's, it's not breaking <laughs> so we can, we can lower the lower third so, bar breaking news <laughs> let me get my intensity down some yeah Zach Wilson guys Zach Wilson <laughs> Thank you, Zach, for coming in. It's a tough market. You know, as a Jet, like, I, I'm always speaking um, as a player first, right? And it's respect. It's hard as hell to do. You know, he, he made it to the NFL. And not only that, top of the draft, like, he's one of those guys. And so I want to pay respect there, and I appreciate you coming to the Jets and really trying to turn this thing around for us. It didn't work out. But my thoughts on this is not breaking news, Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about Joe Burrow. Damn, bro. <laughs> it's not Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. It's not. Not even Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> not even Baker Mayfield. Saying, bro. Okay. So They thought the Jets was going to keep him. Man. <laughs> we ready to go to Russell Wilson? Another quarterback, Russell Wilson? Are we ready for that now? How much, how, how much no, time? Let's break down Zach Wilson's career. Oh, my oh, goodness. man. Um, Listen, um. This is good, right? Like, this is a tough market, like I said. You have uh, the New York media market. It's the number one market in the world. And it's tough. And the reason why it's tough, because when you walk into the locker room, you know, you have so many outlets. And now more than ever, where there's bloggers, there's podcasters, not everyone have access, but it's so competitive of a market, which makes it a little toxic. Like this, the, the Daily or... Uh, the New York Post, they're trying to get the beat first and they're trying to get more clicks or more people that rock with them. So it, it, it's like it gets kind of mm-hmm. nasty. And so a guy like that that's trying to get his career on track, get going, it's probably best for him to be in a different market so mm-hmm. he doesn't have to deal with that. So I'm happy for him. And then also for the Jets, um, they got to get this right because there was over – 
I want to say 48 or 49 starting quarterbacks that started last year in the NFL, which means guys went down, which means that your second-string quarterback is important if you want to stay on track. There was teams like the Cleveland Browns that went out there and, and brought in Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco got the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. They didn't fold. They maintained, right? And so the Jets, they didn't have that stability yeah. at that second-string quarterback position, which they folded. They still had amazing players, amazing defense, amazing well, good coaching, and you don't win. So they got to get this move right. And you don't know how long you're going to have Aaron Rodgers. My prediction is two more years. Mm-hmm. But, hell, what do I know? What do I know? Real quick, two-minute drill. Um, staying on the same subject, subject, there's a term that I'm sure you've heard of or a quote. Go where you are celebrated, not tolerated. That's right. Right? So let's say, not trying to you know shit on Bryce Young or nothing, but like that was the worst team last year. Yep. Would it be a good market for someone like Zach Wilson, someone who's already experienced first what, round what, pick? Yep. But I'm just using Carolina as an example. Pick pick whatever team you. No, think. you don't want that. You don't. Well, you just use. Well, you don't want Carolina uh, because you have a young quarterback who. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not saying he's rattled, but he's dealing with some tough stuff. Right. You have Bryce Young that was picked after you, and he has this type of success, and we're saying. He is the guy over you. You were the number one overall pick. Everybody put, you know, pushed all in on you. And so you got to think about where his mindset is. Is it fragile? Is it is he mm. is he on thin ice right now? So you don't want to bring in a guy like that that creates any type of conversation. So, I mean, Zach, it's anywhere else outside of New York. Right. It's but, just anywhere. Okay, so anywhere you think. You don't think it is necessary for him to have a smaller, shittier market, to say? Like, so where he could focus only on football versus going to the Rams or going to the Cowboys or something like that? No, it's just a new start. Just a new start. start. That's it. That's it. Now, what I would say is I think the thing he should be looking at is more so fit, right, the type of Mm -hmm. player he is. They tried to make him robotic, um, and he's not that. I think he's more of a – he's like a Baker Mayfield. He's a um, he's a Baker Mayfield, you know, and that Baker Mayfield, Agreed. they're like gunslingers. They got a lot of swagger. I want to see that. I want to see the confidence. I want to see that. So offensive coordinators that could potentially bring that out of them. Like I think uh, Coach Mike McDaniels uh, with the Dolphins, but they like their backup quarterback there. He yeah. was the guy that came in and has super su- a lot of success with the Jets when Zach went down. And so I don't see it there. But uh, I like him. I like Baker went to the uh, Rams and had some success. And the Panthers. Yeah. Well, he where he had success. Oh, where? Went yeah. to the Rams, had success. So maybe Zach, that's a good fit for him, right? I like the Kevin Stefanski offense for him. I, I, Gary Kubiak, I think he was getting back in. Let's see, you know, Gary Kubiak is an a, a offensive mind. Not sure if he if he, if he was hired. Can we look at Gary Kubiak? Was he picked up somewhere? And then also the San Francisco 49ers. So, um, how do you say his last name? Gary Kubiak, K U B I. And let's see what else pops up. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> let me Google. Don't him even real worry quick. about it. It doesn't matter. Um, look, as we go from what we thought was breaking news, we got our hopes up high. 
Andrew got our hopes up high to talk about mate, force me to talk about Zach Wilson for five minutes. Can never get those five minutes back. See. Stole them. Let's, let's like talk a about a quarterback who, who who did break some news this week through those guys over at I Am Athlete. Um, was a cool episode, and there's more stuff uh, coming out from it, and I'm sure you guys missed it. So here's Russell Wilson, and we'll see you tomorrow. Now can we go to year two? Yeah. Year two. Y'all start off one and five. Defense, the year before, top five defense. Um, year two, changes, not going their way. Go from one of the best to, I'm going to be respectful. <laughs> but it wasn't good. And there was other situations, right? And it's also first year, Coach Payton implementing his philosophy and, and his way. So that takes time. But y'all start off one and five. All right, boom. Game seven, y'all hit two Kansas City. Is it two Kansas City? Uh, or no, is Kansas City in Denver? It's at uh, home. Yeah. The Denver Broncos haven't beat the Chiefs in eight years. Y'all beat them, but you also throw three TDs. Monday you get a call, or Tuesday, Monday you get a call right after. Yo, if you don't take out the injury guarantee, we're going to sit you the next nine games. Like, how did we get to that moment? You know, after the first year, I came back, coming into the second year and offseason, just I'm going to be my best version of me, fitness-wise, mentally, everything else. And, and here comes Sean Payton, right? So I'm like, okay, this is going to be a great thing. Here we go. And, you know, for me, it was looking forward to that and getting ready to rock again and, and having just one of my best years coming into it. And so, obviously, we started off, you know, a little slower. You know, the year before, as you mentioned, you know, our defense was dominant. If we could just play halfway good on offense, we, we could have been really great the year one. But just we just were struggling. I was injured, and guys were injured. You know, Bowles was left tackle. or Javante got hurt. That's a bunch of guys are getting hurt. It was just unfortunate situation year one. And then coming into year two, it was like, okay, here we go. We're ready. And it just didn't go our ways. It's just, you know, it's, a, it's a, such a the great, great thing about football. It's such a great team sport, and it just wasn't going our way at first. But and so we go. We finally start. You feel like we can catch fire, even though we're one and five. Yeah. We go beat Kansas City. You, you know what's crazy? Sorry to interrupt you. I know fans are going to say, Brandon, stop interrupting people. <laughs> I called you week four, I believe, before this game. And you was on the massage table FaceTiming. And you said, bro, watch, the, watch what happens. It was, it was after week five. We, had just, we also had just beat um, Chicago. We, kept, we were down. 28-7 at half, and uh, we were in Soldier Field again. Once again, Soldier Field. We we're in Soldier Field again, down 28-7 at half, and it's time to it's time, time to turn this thing up a little bit. And we go we go beat them. We come back, bang. I think the next week I think we lose, and then you call me after that game. And uh, we we come all the way back in Chicago. It was a great game. You know, Cortland makes some great catches. When we come back down. Mims makes a great catch. Guys are playing some amazing football. Defense is finally really feeling like they're becoming who they who they really are. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think anytime you have a new system, it takes a second. And I, I, I've always gone against Vance Joseph, who I think is one of the best defensive corners. I told Vance at halftime, I said, "Hey, don't forget, you're one of the best defensive corners I've ever gone against." And he's, like, looks at me like, "I got you. I got you three. What and week was this? This was in Chicago, yeah. at, after halftime. And so then, defense um, steps up, makes some amazing plays, and. Uh, offensively, we make some huge plays, and then we just feel like, uh-oh, everybody's like really excited about where we're going and what, what can happen. I think we lose the next week, 
And then I think you called me after that game. And I just believe that we were on this journey. And so we beat Green Bay, Kansas City. We beat them. And uh, as you mentioned, that's when, as you mentioned earlier, that's when I got that call. And I was like, I'm confused what's going on. And I didn't believe it at first. I was like, this, this can't be real. And I got that call that, hey, we're going to bench you for the next nine games if you, know, you don't change the injury guarantee. So for me. But, but be clear here, they, it's, it's not, they don't want to bench you because of play. They're saying they're benching you because they want you to take out the injury guarantee. Yeah, they want, they, yeah, they want to re- push back my injury guarantee and remove it for that rest of the year. So that way, if I get injured, they don't have to pay it. But that's why as a player, it doesn't even make sense to do that because you think of those Alex Smith moments and then hell, you can even go back to college like Willis McGahee, I believe it was, uh, at the U, one of his last games going into NFL, he tears everything in, or maybe it's Frank Gore, everything in their knee. I didn't want to set a, a precedent for players to remove their injury guarantees too as well. And so it, 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 was, it was no way I was gonna do that. And so when they said that hey, we're, we're gonna bench you, we're gonna bench you, I said, all right, that, that's what you wanna do. Bro, that's like extortion. Yeah. Uh, how, like, you got the NFL PA involved, attorneys involved, like, obviously. Well, like, I, I didn't want to, but then, then they kept saying it all the way throughout the week. So then, you know, my agent talked to the NFL PA. The NFL PA called me to ask, you know, and then they, they talked to the NFL. The NFL was like, this can't, you can't, this is illegal. You can't do this. And so then, you know, all the way throughout Saturday. So I was just like sitting here. I didn't know if I was going to play the following week. We had Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills the following week. So I'm like, am I going to play? Am I not? Like, so, 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 like, so you got Russell Wilson in his camp, and then you got the Denver Broncos, everybody looking at each other. Who's going to make the first move? You going to sign? You gonna take it? No, I, I wasn't going to do it. You I wasn't going to blink? No shot. I, doing that. <laughs> I ain't taking my injury guarantee. But. So now I'm sitting there like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. So then the whole week, all the way, and I get back on Monday, I still don't know necessarily what's going to happen. And uh, on, that, on that Monday, that's when I meet with Sean. And Sean's like, hey, don't forget like nothing happened. We're just, you're going to play this week against Buffalo. we got a big game against Buffalo. you got to go win on Monday Night Football. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> At this time, you're second in the AFC in TD passes, I believe. And then there's some other stats that we can throw out there, right? Because all year, everybody's looking at it like, hold on. Russell Wilson's low-key having a really good year, but people couldn't understand it because of the first year, right? So we're sitting here looking at this. You're second in the AFC in touchdowns and you get this call. Now take me to mindset like, y'all playing this little cat and mouse game, who's gonna move first? You could potentially be benched for the next nine, nine games. In that moment, if I'm you, I'm probably thinking, man, that's legacy, how do I bounce back from this? It's a big moment. And then Peyton say, I act like nothing happened. Like, how do you get past that and then go out there and then go on double, we won't even get the double spin. <laughs> Like, think about it. Was that the Buffalo game, the double spin? The Buffalo game, yeah. We don't get that. And then you go on a, a crazy run five games in a row against all playoff teams. All playoff teams. How do we deal with that? I think the first thing that, you know, when Sean told me, just forget about it and just, hey, you're going to go this week. And I'm like, does that mean I'm just going to go this week? Like, what's about the next week? So I'm thinking in my head. But at the same time, I think knowing that I still got to be a professional in the midst of it all. I got to be a pro. She better than me. I gotta, y'all go I, back. Y'all put on the footage from when I was in Denver, and they talk about hitting me with conduct detrimental. <laughs> but, 
about 10 balls punted over the fence. What? <laughs> you better than me, boy. You be a pro. Be a pro. You but Go ahead. That's why you who but you. I, <laughs> but I got to be a pro. I got to be a leader. I, it's about the team. It's about guys like Cortland Sutton. It's about, you know, uh, you know it's, it's about guys like Javante who, who sacrificed all offseason, you know, putting in the work. Guys like Garrett Bowles. It's some of the guys on defense that are balling and, and, and kind of give their yeah, all but every what day. About, but what about, what about when? What about C? What about, you know, future? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what about them, though? When do we put, our, when do we put ourselves first and our family first? Yeah. I'm seeing Sienna run, like, she, she just, she's about to come in here. She just ran across. Like, mm-hmm. that's in my mind. Go future right there. Where I'm getting emotional thinking about that, bro. Like, okay, cool, Cortland. I get that. But Cortland and Jerry and those guys ain't going to be with us when we 45. Yeah, so for me, it was like, man, if I... I got I to gotta be prepared. That's why it does matter. Because at the end of the day, you know, your kids, how you, how you present yourself, how you go about the tough times, not just the good times, but the tough times too, you know? And I want to be also the father that when they see dad go through a tough moment, how does he handle it? You know, I want my teammates to see, hey, man, like, because you know, nobody knew. Nobody knew. The only person that actually knew on the team was actually Courtney. In that moment. In, in the whole building. The only person that knew, player-wise, was Cortland at the time. You know, a couple weeks later, I told him. After, I think it was after the Buffalo game. I told him. I said, "Bro, you see why I was so passionate?" He said, well, "He said what? What?" He said, "I said what happened?" I said, and I started telling him. He's the only one that knew the whole season, really, until it came out. Yeah, until you know. But I think that my point was is that like, man, I, I, it's about the team. It's not about me. It's about the team at this point. It's about all right, I, I got to go be the best version of me. If they're going to let me play, I got to be the best version of me this week. Yeah. And, and put, my, put what I know and my feelings aside and say, hey, let's go be a pro and be the same leader. Be better than you've ever been before. And that, that was, you know, you, you swallow that pill and you swallow what you're going through in the midst of that, but also knowing that. Was it hard? Yeah, it was hard. Who did you lean on during that time? I couldn't really go to anybody, really. It was more so C, uh, Mark, my agent. And then really, I didn't talk to anybody about it, really, because it was I just had to keep it internal, just knowing that, you know what, I'm going to still prepare the same way what did, every what day. Did, what, did, what did wifey tell you? That you're the best. Don't forget it. Mm. You know, and so just keep being you, keep being you, keep being you, keep being you. And so just hold your head up high. And you, you walk through the building, and you're like, man, but it's also, you know, it's, it's part of the process. And so for me, boom, we go beat Green Bay. Then we go beat Kansas City. Then we go beat Buffalo on the road hold on, hold on, in Buffalo. I gotta, hold on, I got to go back because, you know, me and C got our own little relationship. Sometimes we be texting while you out there playing. And like, you seeing it? I'm like, well, I'm delayed. I'm five seconds behind you. She's like, ah, clicking. There was one moment, I think it might have been after, like, the third win, and she excited. And I'm like, see, after the game, don't say nothing to him. He get in the car, be like, that's what you supposed to do. Like, that's my baby. No, you the best. You this, you that. She's like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> but I'm trying to say, like, no, we about to go on this crazy run. He cut the car. That's what we supposed to do. She's yeah. like, what? I ain't doing that. But I love that part of y'all relationship, bro. She's like, no, I'm going to celebrate him. I'm going to honor him every chance I get. You know, so that's why I asked that, you know, because it is important as we go through these ebbs and flows of life, you know, to be surrounded by the right people. And there's only a few, really. 
Yeah. I, I think also, too, that's where, like, faith comes in. You know, knowing that, too, like, God's with me, no matter what the, no matter how high, how low it gets, no matter what the journey is, it's like, I just trust God, man. I'm going to put the work in every day and trust God. So then we, we go beat Green Bay, beat, beat Kansas City, beat Buffalo on the road, Monday night football. Then we come back, play Sunday night football. We, we, beat, we beat the Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. Then we beat Cleveland. Cleveland is one of the hottest teams in football. And, and uh, we go beat them. So we win five games in a row. And I think that it was like, this is who we really are. Mm -hmm. This is who I really am. This is who we really are. And we believe that. And, and I think as you're carrying that journey and carrying that winning and get on the hot streak, everybody's believing it and this and that. And then you have a tough moment, especially when you start one and five, and then you go to six and five, and then whatever, I think it was seven and five at one point or whatever it was, it's like, okay, like, this is who, this is who we are. And then you have a couple bumps in the road. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when it's like, all right, um, when we lost to New England, because we were up. When we were down, sorry, we were down to New England. You know, we're down by, to New England, you know, by 16 with a few, few minutes to go, a couple minutes to go. We go two-minute drive, we go score, we go score, and then they ended up kicking a field goal. But that's when I was, that Wednesday, that's when he told me he was going to bench me. And I was like, man, this is, we were just winning not too long ago. So it's, I think the journey. But before we even get there, mm -hmm. so before we even get to pass, like, you know, this crazy run that uh, we would talk about, like, the other side of it, what were you speaking over yourself? What were you telling yourself? In the midst of this moment or, or back then? One and five. Yeah. And then, you know, you got Kansas City, Green Bay, Minnesota. Uh, that's when most people check out. I think that when you have so much confidence in yourself and those around you, when you have relentless confidence in, the, in, in yourself and those around you, anything's possible. And so that's what, that's, that's what I've had. You Do you know, think you got to be I, a bit I, I, I delusional? Got, you always got to be delusional. I think, I think part of greatness is, is delusional. To think about the things you want to be able to accomplish, the things that you want to be able to do to overcome. Come, come from Richmond, Virginia, where, you know, you know, small towns, you know, in terms of small school and everything else, to go play football, baseball. You got to be delusional to go win a Super Bowl. Got to be delusional. All the hard work, the competitiveness, to do what you're do doing. You know, I think you got 970 some catches in your career. You got to be a little delusional. Mm -hmm. You know, you 16th all time. I look, you know, I do my research too. You know, but you 16th all time. You need to come back and yeah, right. catch another 30. Hey, but listen. you got to be a little delusional. You got to be obsessed. You got to love the process. You got to love the game. You got to love the the studying. You got to love the hard stuff. You got to love the bumps and the bruises. You got to love the hard times just as much as the good times. It's interesting because Tom Brady at the end, remember, he retired twice. Right, hell, he might still come back. <laughs> I think it was the first time he retired, he said, the reason why I'm doing this is because I don't think I can commit to the process, like what it takes to be great. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's time to walk away. So you sitting here at 35, you say you feel the best you've ever felt, you know, and because I, you know, I've heard you talk about this, and you've been talking about this for a very long time. I think you might even say this at IMG, like how many years you wanted to play. But do you still have that obsession to do it or take? Because we worked out earlier, bro. And it, just like what you said, I ain't going to hold you. Bruh, I'm sitting there like, yeah, 30 more catches. You know, we get to this. I'm like, if Russ, wherever Russ go, I'm going. I'm going to be his tight end. I'm going to come for you. Third down red zone. Boy, 
we get to the treadmill at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, I'm going to stay out. retired. You tapped out. You tapped out. Because tapped that's because that's the pain. You got to be able to push through that threshold every yeah. single day. And I'm like, no way. Do you, are you still obsessed with that? I got more fire than ever, honestly, especially over the past two years of what I've gone through. Whether if it's in Denver or somewhere else, I, I hope it's in Denver. You know, I hope I get to finish there. I, I committed there. I wanted to be there. You know, I want to be there. Hold on. The... You, want, you can go back to Denver, bro? I can go back there. You can play with Coach Payton again? Yeah. I mean, Coach Payton been to one, Super Bowl won it. You've been to two Super Bowls. I mean, you, you, you sure about that? <laughs> For me, it's about winning. About winning. Over the next five years, I want to win two. I want to feel the chill of that trophy again. So, you know, yeah, I want, I want to go back to Denver. I hope, I hope I get to go back. You know, I, I'd love to go back, to be honest with you. I got amazing teammates. Like I said, guys like Cortland, guys like Tim Patrick, um, guys like, you know, uh, Garrett Bowles and just different guys I've gotten to play with. Javante. Where are you going to live, though, Russ? Your house is going to be sold. My house ain't for sale. That, you can't Man, no, what you talking about? I go on Instagram right now to say Russell Wilson's house is for sale. Yeah, that, it's not for sale. It's not on the market right now. People, people think that I'm out of there, but you know, maybe I am, but no matter what, like I, I love to go back, you know, but you know, I, I committed there, you know, I committed to be there. I committed to win championship. I want to win more Super Bowls there. You know, I, I love the city and everything else, but you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you too. So um, no matter what, you know, I know what God's got for me. You know, I believe that just like I've ever, you know, I've, I've, I've forever believed in not just myself, but the work ethic that you put into it, the, the obsession, the love, man. Like, and also, you too, you, you find out how to do it even better every week, every, every year, every, every day. You know, it's a constant growth. It's a constant progression. And you also got to understand, too, that, you know, there's, there's moments of success, there's moments of failure, but there's always, always moments of growth in that. Mm-hmm. And so not every year you're going to win. Not every, every week you're going to win. Not every time. If, if, that, if that was the case, it would be easy. But... It's the, it's the journey that you're on. That's, that's the part that you love. That's the part that you get obsessed with. It's the relationships, it's the battle, and it's the, it's, the, it's the hard days. And that's the part that I love more than ever. And so the thing that I, I, I want to do is, is, is win, man. That's all, that's all I care about. If it ain't Denver, what are we looking at? What you, what you see? I, I honestly haven't you're... really thought about it. I'm still uh, in Denver. Ah, uh, <laughs> come on. You know football. Wait, 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 so wait, let me give you the opportunities. Let me see. Where's my phone at? Can you give me my phone? Throw it. Just throw it. I, I see if I still got it. Bang. Still got it. Might come back. All right. Since you don't want to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. Let me do this right here. Let me go to my little notes. Um, <clears throat> in order, you know, the odds to get Russell Wilson. Pittsburgh it's Steelers so is one. Las Vegas Raiders is two. Atlanta Falcons, three. How'd that be dope seeing y'all UNC back in Atlanta? That'd be crazy. New England Patriots four, Minnesota Vikings five, Washington Commanders six, and Tennessee Titans, Giants. I like Giants. I, I like that environment. Brian Dayball, Carolina Panthers. They got their guy. We're gonna let him develop. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Seattle Seahawks. Interesting. And the New Orleans Saints. Let's stick with the top four: Pittsburgh Steelers, Las Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons. New England Patriots. Well, I will put Denver one because I'm there right now. It's just, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I think you have to have the ability to compartmentalize. Which you've shown. Yeah. I think you have the ability to compartmentalize that, listen, it's a business. You've got to be 
also non-emotional about it too at the same time. You also know that there's ebbs and flows to it. You know, winning heals all wounds. To me, it's really focusing about being the best version of me, being prepared. And no matter what, you control what you can control. So my mindset right now where I am is where I am. And I'd love to be there, you know, love to win. And that's what I came there to do is win more Super Bowls. And so if, if it's not there, though, I got to go a place that we're going to win again. Right. You know, that's, that's what matters, you know. So. But one of the things I've always told you, bro, is like every so often there comes a quarterback. Right? Like you guys are just special or different. Comes a quarterback that makes everyone better. You know, just the way y'all walk in a building. Hell, shit. I'm still walking around with a gallon of water every single day. Do I not, team? He was the first person. I'm calling him, FaceTiming him. I'm in New York. I'm like, Russ, I'm trying to get there. He on FaceTime, walking through the hall. And you got this jug of, uh, this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This jug of this, this uh, gallon of water. And then you put Snyder on the phone. I'm like, Snyder's right here. <laughs> get it done. There comes... Every so often there comes a time where guys like you impact people like me and everybody else in the building, you know? And so as a brother, as a friend, it's like, I feel like wherever you go, you have that ability and hopefully they have that mindset. Even if it's staying in Denver, it's like they have that mindset, but it's like, it's really you, bro. Like you're special and it's again, giving you your flowers. You know, I play with 17 different quarterbacks 17 and you were one of them and you're different you're him you know and hopefully i can be one of those guys that you know what you don't need it i see do it all the damn day <laughs> but like you know when i get an opportunity to, to pour into you i'm gonna pour into you because i've seen it playing with you and i've seen it off the field as well and i just believe it bro like when you walk in the bins like man i want to play i want to make a play for that guy you've seen it this year with courtland mm -hmm. you've seen it this year yep. with courtland no but for let's move on real quick i want to hit two things before we uh, land the plane, uh, Sierra, mm -hmm. how you knew she was the one, bro? Man, I think there's a few things. Number one is, you know, I'm single sitting there and I'm like. And you winning when you losing. Yeah. We sit at one and five, you better be good. Walk home. I'm good. I got four babies walking around. Yeah. You know what I'm it's saying? Been, it's been amazing. You know, I think I never forget um, right before I met C. I wrote out my five non-negotiables. I think in any business deal, right, like marriage is... It's a partnership. You got to realize it's a partnership. It's a business deal. Not to be cold, but it's like, it's a partnership. It's a, we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. We're going to spend this. We're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. We're going to have these kids together. We're going to raise these children together. Like, we're going to make decisions together. Like, so it's a, it's a partnership. And so in any partnership, you got to have your non-negotiables. So I started writing those out. I was like, man, I'm going to write my five non-negotiables. Five is the number of grace. So I said, I'm going to write, these, I'm gonna write these num these, the, 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 this out. And so I said, the first one was, like one, one, number one is I wanted a woman of faith, right? One, somebody who was equally yoked and somebody who believed in, in Jesus and everything else the same way. Number two is I wanted a woman who was faithful, not just to me, but also faithful to everything that she's doing, you know, like to her friends, to, to her job, her occupation, a woman who was faithful. Number three is I wanted, I wanted a woman who was independent, had her own identity, wasn't always Russell's wife or this or that. Like they had their own identity, they had their own dreams. It could be a nurse, it could be to a teacher, it could be to anybody. But obviously, see on stage doing a one-two step and leveling up and everything else. But it's, it didn't have to be that. But it was just 
somebody who had their own identity, who, who had, wanted to be volunteer work, or whatever it is, like they wanted to have something they're dedicated to. Number four was I wanted a woman that was going to love me the way my mom loved my dad on his deathbed, when he was at his lowest. My dad used to always say, son, I, your mom is going to be able to take care of you. And the fifth thing is, is, is that I wanted a woman who would tilt the room. When she walks in the room, all the furniture would slide her way. Mm. And because of who she is and the woman she is. And so I prayed about that. I remember, you know, Judah, me and Judah, we went to church and I prayed about that, wrote it out. I wrote it actually on a napkin at dinner as we were sitting there eating a steak dinner. I wrote it out on a napkin and we prayed over it. Three days later, I meet C. Mm. And when I walked in the room and I saw, you know, little future, he's nine months at the time or whatever, and he crawls in my lap and it was like, you know, this is going to be my responsibility. God, I remember, I remember leaving that night and God saying, this is, God's, God said, saying to me, raising this child, it's, it's going to be your responsibility. Mm. And realizing, I pray to God, are you sure this is what you want me to do? I say, son, this is for you. The first night? Yeah, the first night. Mm-hmm. It's going to be your responsibility. And it's was, that been, scary? was that scary? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think scary just in the sense of, not scary, but it was more so of an opportunity. Like, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. This is, you know, stepping in to raise, you know, a child with C and this and that, and, I, and realizing that, okay, God, like, I know she's the one for me, but also, too, I'm, I'm going to take this responsibility as well. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like, and I was ready for that. I was ready for that. I was ready to, you know, I love children, as you know, and love kids and everything else, but it was like, man, to, 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 to help raise a child and everything else, understanding that, okay, God, you're going you're gonna to give me this opportunity. What a gift. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.